0: Welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay, and in today's show, we are going to talk about the importance of your last will and testament. Yes, it might be a little uncomfortable, might be a lot uncomfortable to talk about it, but there's a lot of reasons why we need to learn more about this. You know, what do you need a will for if you don't own anything? What if you don't have children and everything is jointly owned between you and your partner? What do you do then? Or, you know, maybe your, your family knows what your wishes are and how they're supposed to divide your belongings up. And, you know, what does it cost? We're going to talk about all that and more today with my guest, Francine Myers from Alan Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustee with offices in Alberta, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and BC. Francine, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Wayne. I really appreciate it.
0: This is a depressing topic, and it's shocking how many people don't have it, and I'm glad we are addressing the last will and testament.
1: Oh, is not the truth. And, uh, you know, people I speak to are like, well, I know I should have one, but it's one of those things you never really, really get around to sometimes. And then a lot of people also say, well, I don't own anything. So why should I, you know, why should I do? Well, the problem is that people, When they're thinking I don't own anything, they're thinking like, well, I don't have land, I don't have investments, I don't have this, I don't have that, which a lot of people don't own. Well, (laughs) what they don't realize is that you have a lot more assets or belongings that sometimes may be more valuable. And specifically these days, we're talking about digital assets. These are assets that are stored digitally and are uniquely identifiable. It can be like your social media presence, documents, audios, videos, logos, slide presentations, spreadsheets. I can go on and on. I mean, websites, anything like that, which a lot of people have. A lot of people have an online presence, which may be of some value. Um, There's also websites with passwords. Uh, all sorts of things that people don't think these things are going to have to be shut down and taken care of. There's automatic payments that come out, there's renewals, things that have to be shut down. He seems to have to be transferred. Uh, so you do own something regardless, that has to be looked after. You also may own something of sentimental value. It doesn't have to be very valuable. It can be a pair of earrings that you got from your mother that your daughter wants. It can be some china, it can be pottery, it can be things you collected towards your lifetime that may be actually a lot to someone that you may not realize. Sometimes these things can be lost if you pass away and there's no will actually, you know, mentioning how to deal with it. Mm-hmm.
0: So now yeah. I've got anxiety.
1: <laughs> oh, no. No, Wayne. That's not what I wanted to do.
0: I, I had no idea all that other stuff was wrapped into this. Holy cow. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, but, stuff. And, and but
1: You know, when you, you got to think of it, though, your will also will cover, like, what happens to FIDO. Right.
0: right? Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, there's an organization here. I'm based in Nova Scotia. There's an organization here, and probably a lot of them across the country, called Elder Dog. Who take in pets when seniors have passed away and don't have wills and nobody looks after them because it's a very real problem, hmm. right? Uh, you know, there's pets. There's uh, how may I, I don't want to get into this, but I guess, how do you want to be buried? Well,
0: that's the big right? one. A lot of
1: people aren't thinking about that. Like, w- what do you want to happen? Hmm. Um, it's not really something we have in casual conversation over a cup of coffee or tea, but all these things can be in your will as a direction to your loved ones as to what you want to happen. Keep in mind as well, you know, if you don't have a will saying how you want things spelled out, it's the government that's going to, you know, going to step in and regulate a lot of times how things are done, either through the intestacy um, legislation, which is just when you you know, pass away without a will, it's what it's called. You pass away intestate and every province has, You know, who gets what and how it's dealt with. And it may not actually be what you want during your lifetime, but it it happens. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind as well, right, Uh, in most of those pieces of legislation, common law spouses and stepchildren are not part of the heirs in provincial legislation, it's only your, if you've actually been married, or you've adopted a child, or they're your biological child. It would be very rare, and I can't think of any across the provinces now. They because the Supreme Court ruled a long time ago that if you were common law and you weren't married, it meant that you didn't want the other person to get your assets unless you, you know, said something in your will about it. So that's why the judges ruled, the Supremes, the Supremes ruled <laughs> that. Um, you know, it must be why you don't get married because you don't want the other person to have your assets unless you actually dictate in a will, how you want your assets, you know, divided. So you may think, Oh, well, common law spouse, spouse. No, no, not equivalent. If you pass away, your spouse, your common law spouse is not going to get anything, nor is a stepchild. Mm -hmm. Your biological children with will your parents will, but that's it. Those people will be totally cut out. And, You know, perhaps your parents are very reasonable people, let's say, Um, then there shouldn't be, you know, too much of a problem. But you may run into a problem because if you haven't already prepared for it and already put in a will that this person is getting this, there's a chance they may not.
0: Right. So even if it's your wishes that you say so-and-so is going to get this and I'm giving this much money to, you know, they get everything. Even if it's your wishes, they can contest that. Explain that. So, so even if I say, okay, this is a common law, and I'm telling, saying that she gets everything, that the law doesn't see it that way. So, if, if somebody wants to be unreasonable about it, they can say, uh, no, we're gonna, we're gonna fight this.
1: Exactly. Well, they don't actually. It would be the spouse that would have to fight it, not the other person, because you have to remember the law is on the blood relative usually Mm. side because this is what it says it would be half to up to a common law spouse to show why and that could be that could be quite a legal battle so having a will will put all those issues
0: to rest wow okay so now a lot of people worry about you know where to get a will can we talk about that i mean because there's all i see these things online you know, I can buy one for $47 or or I can go to a lawyer for, I think, about $1,000 uh, to get a will for, I think, for a couple is about $1,000 to get everything set up. But that also includes power of attorney. So there's more to it than just who's getting what.
1: There absolutely is. And you, what you quoted is, for legal and what have you is probably about an average across the country. I would definitely agree with that. And you're right. So when you do a will, you definitely would you know do up the will document. You should also do up a, a power of attorney, which you just mentioned, an enduring power of attorney is what they are usually, usually use these days. And what that means is that it gives somebody the power to deal with your assets before the executor kicks in. Because sometimes if you do have, you know, you have set up a will, it takes a while for you to get a grant to probate, for the executor to be able to deal with things. And in the meantime, bills have to be paid that aren't being paid, mm-hmm. right? So there are definitely issues. So you do this power of attorney to give somebody that you trust, right? Uh, the power to deal with things. And then perhaps the executor would, and a lot of times they are the same person, right? But it gives it a very seamless approach. The other thing is a, um, I guess the easiest way to call it would be like a directive. So, this can also be dealing with things with respect to, for instance, how you want to be buried. That doesn't necessarily have to be in a will. A will can mostly deal with your assets and who gets what and what the powers of an executor can be. And then you can have a separate directive, you know, being very clear on what you want to happen with your remains. So, those three documents are really necessary, um, I, I think, for everyone. Uh, you know, just to deal with everything. And a wheel doesn't have to be very long either. And you you said those $40 jobbies, you see them online, you see the <laughs> yeah. wheels kits um, available like at Staples or, you know, anywhere like that. I've looked at them. They're actually not bad, Wayne. Really? Okay. I, they're really not bad. If you have, you know, a fairly straightforward, not a lot of investments and not trusts and not a lot of complicated issues to deal with, they're actually not a bad way to go. Just make sure you read everything very carefully so that the form of the will is the form that will stand up in court. Because if it's not properly uh, executed, then somebody can contest it because they say, well, this will is not valid. And that's the last thing you want. Right. Going to a lawyer will give you peace of mind that your will is actually valid and stop a whole bunch of fights you know if that
0: happens right and, and there's going yeah. to be uh fights i mean but i remember um when, when we had little kids and uh there was the big discussion well we got to get our will and my wife and i could not agree on who was going to take the kids if something happened to us so at that point we said well we're not going to die and we're not doing a will right now <laughs> <You> <laughs> which know what? is ludicrous it's-
1: well, it 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 is, but I understand because well, my kid, your kids are older, my kids are you know late teens now. Um, but it that discussion of who will take care of our children if we're not here? Well, there's nobody worthy enough, mm-hmm. right? Yeah uh, And it's a very, very hard discussion to have with your spouse, the thought of you not being around for your children. Is a very difficult discussion to have. You know what? Chances are you're not going to die. But what if you do?
0: Yeah, so exactly. So
1: it's a good discussion to have, and especially because you have to pro- you know, provide for children at that point because you have to maybe set up a trust for them. So it definitely is some kind of discussion to have because you're going to have to sit down with, I don't know, a sister, a cousin, an aunt, uh, whoever, uh, you know, a close family friend and have a discussion of, look, if we go, we want you to look after our kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also the other side too, of, uh, maybe the infighting of family. So here's a question. Well, I guess this is more of a, a statement. So all of a sudden, uh, dad re doesn't get married, but he's with somebody else. You don't get along. Uh, for myself, I had to tell my dad, you need to make sure that it's written and the will is out there because otherwise there will be some kind of a war.
1: It's funny how uh, people change after somebody passes away. Yes. And I've noticed this time after time after time. And I, I don't know what it is. It's like mom or dad kind of kept, you know, were the glue of the family and everything was okay. But once mom or dad is gone, then every you know everything kind of breaks loose, and you know Lucy wants the jewelry box, and then somebody else wants the china, and it becomes such a, a sore point, and you end up with siblings who aren't even talking to each other after a while. So it has to be very clear in a will who gets what if you want to avoid that kind of infighting, because I have seen it time after time after time. Everybody seems to get along fine. Everybody Uh understands that we're going to split, you know, the property. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then invariably, even if you have a will, Wayne, invariably you're going to get some kind of disagreement between the siblings. But at least when you have a will, you can try and mitigate some of that as much as you can. By basically having what you call, well, person makes the will, it's called a testator. It's just a family, you know, fancy word for somebody who's died who has a will, right? You. you actually, it's like the testator is speaking from the grave because that's what you're basically doing in the will. Huh. Your will is now speaking for you, saying this is what I wanted to happen. So it speaks for you beyond the grave and it has to be clearly drafted. And again, maybe this is where a lawyer comes in, right? Has to be very clearly drafted so, there's no uh, ambiguity or it's not unclear as to what somebody meant. Right. right. Yeah. The,
0: these days, you also have, you know, through investments and uh, pensions and all, you, you get to designate uh, who gets that money, right? Um, d- d- a lot of people may just have most of their money in investments and they will say, well, I don't need a will because. It's already, who the beneficiary is, is already there. The bank already knows who gets everything.
1: Yeah, that's a really um, interesting point. So let me just run and, and work with me on this one. Okay. Let me run through a scenario. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's say, and I hear that a lot, right? Well, I, everything's jointly owned. I don't need a will, all right? So let's say a husband and wife uh, pass away in what we call a common accident. All right. So I don't know about you, but my husband and I are in a car together a lot. It's true. Yes. And it does
0: happen. Yes. Yeah.
1: That's right. Okay. So here's what happens in the situation where a husband and, and wife pass away. Okay. So, number one, uh, if you can determine the date of death, okay, then, you know, if somebody passes away, then it goes to the other person. And that, but the other person's dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So if you don't have a will, then the government decides where your assets are going to go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Here's the other kind of interesting twist. Um, if you both, and this, this, I know it's a terribly morbid subject, but let's say you're both killed in an accident and somebody happens upon the wreck and you're both dead. Nobody knows who dies first. How would you think you'd figure out? Who dies first for the asset distribution? Well, the law says the oldest one is deemed or supposed really? to have died first. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: I had no idea. So for
1: instance, I'm, I'm older than my husband. Mm-hmm. So if this happens to us, so here's an interesting scenario. Okay. So my husband and I each have children. I have a stepchild. He has a stepchild because we both have biological children. All right. So let's say I didn't have a will. So we're both killed in an accident. Nobody knows who died first. So the law says, hey, Franny, you died first. So he gets everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he's dead. Yep. So now who's cut out? My daughter.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Because she's his stepchild.
0: Right. Oh, my goodness. And the goodness.
1: law says she's not entitled to anything. So he can't say, oh, no, 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 we always agreed both girls get everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Then it would be up. And this, let's say, you know, it happened and he was deemed to pass away first because somebody actually took a pulse and I had the last breath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then my stepdaughter is cut out, which is a result I never wanted. Yeah. So that's what would happen. And everything is jointly owned. But if that happens where you have a common accident, you may actually get what we call a little bit of mischief where you really didn't expect that, right? Let's say you have no kids, which happens. Same scenario. The couple passes away. Whoever is deemed to die first, their family doesn't get anything.
0: I had no idea. I don't, this, is, well, this is why we're doing this show, but... Yeah. Francine, it's just yeah. such a, a great eye yeah. opener. And yes, it's morbid and and we hate talking about it and thinking about it, but it is a fact of life and it's going to happen. And we just don't know when, sadly. So this is amazing that you can share such great information because I think you've done a great job of all the yeah buts that we have yeah. regarding wills. And it's, and it's not just us regular people. There are celebrities with millions of dollars who pass away without a will. And it's, and there's where you start to see the fights. Yeah. Definitely.
1: You start to see the fighting. Yeah.
0: No kidding. And then it
1: becomes very sad. Yeah. Right. Because everything's in the public eye. Now you and I aren't going to be in the public eye, (laughs) but regardless, the last thing we want is to have some kind of conflict with family You know, after we're gone. That's what we want to definitely, definitely avoid,
0: right? Here's another thing. We're talking about, uh, you know, parents and providing for our children. And when it comes to the kids' uh, money, RESPs, et cetera, that's under the parent's name. Uh, Can you explain how that works?
1: You know what? I'm glad you brought up and you said an interesting phrase is the kid's money. It's not. It still belongs to the parents. A lot of people think because the child is the beneficiary of it that it's some kind of a trust so that if the parents pass away, it automatically passes to the child. That is not true at all. In fact, what happens is if somebody passes away uh, or both parents pass away, if they're joined to an RESP, it just becomes part of the assets of what you would call an estate or, you know, the belongings And if someone owes money to a creditor, you've actually lost that money because a creditor will take a higher ranking over that than your child. It actually does not belong to the child at all. So you have to actually provide in your will, in a will, it says that you are a successor in title for the RESP to be able to maintain that RESP. Apart from that, you are in danger of losing that for your child.
0: Had no idea. Wow, this show has just flown by. We've uh, come to the end. We've run out of time. But please, final words of advice that you want to share with us.
1: Get a will. I'm just trying to think of, you know, real wisdom. Um, I think that's what I can pretty much it down to. If you have very simple things to deal with and you don't have the funds, because a lot of people are struggling these days to go to a lawyer At least get a wills kit, read it very carefully. It's not hard to do up a will. And actually in a lot of provinces, Wayne, if you handwrite your will, you don't even need a witness as long as it's in your own handwriting. Wow.
0: Oh, that's another wonderful gem. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a a terrific episode and I'm just so grateful for all the great information you shared, Francine.
1: Oh, you're welcome, Wayne. Thank you.
0: My guest today, Francine Myers, you can learn more or schedule a free consultation with Alan Marshall and Associates Licensed Insolvency Trustee through their website, wecanhelp.ca. Wecanhelp.ca. So if you're struggling, don't know what to do in financial trouble, and you've got questions, it is a free consultation, wecanhelp.ca. And that is it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast from. And of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks for listening.